So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Taylor, and I hope you're all having a wonderful week so far. Um, Today's episode, we're going to get into anxiety in our thoughts and in our feelings. We're going to be talking with Dr. Scott Simonton, who is a licensed clinical psychologist, and he's dedicated to helping adults overcome worry, anxiety, negative moods, addictive behaviors, and all kinds of other conditions that steal our joy and our freedom. He actually speaks regularly at professional conferences, large church groups, graduate schools and universities, and business groups, including the Young Presidents Organization. Uh, He also earned a PhD in clinical psychology from the Fuller Graduate School of Psychology and completed a master's in theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. His career path began in the business of in the business and consulting world. And then in 1998, after much soul searching, he decided to leave a lucrative position brokering agricultural products to pursue his true passion, clinical psychology, a profession that lined up with both his head and his heart. One of his primary interests, which is informed by his diverse experiences and trainings, is making the evidence-based methods of psychology and spiritual wisdom easy to understand and apply to your daily life. So Dr. Simonton, has a book called Freedom from Anxious Thoughts and Feelings, a two-step mindfulness approach for moving beyond fear and worry. He presents an intuitive and accessible approach called the two-screen method to help when you feel overwhelmed and overcome with worrisome thoughts. Using the simplified mindfulness approach, you'll actually learn to make space for the challenging thoughts and feelings also while then redirecting your attention and life energy to your values. By using the two-screen method, along with its three anchors, mindfulness skills, healthy distractions, and loving action, you learn to relate to your thoughts and feelings in a whole new way. When the internal challenges show up, worries, fears, dark moods, uh, you're equipped with an easy-to-follow game plan so you can experience relief and get back to living your life, which wouldn't we all love to do? So without any further ado, we will welcome Dr. Simonton to the show. And thank you so much for being here. I know um, so many people struggle with having these anxious thoughts and feelings and having an actual, you know, legitimate, evidence-based, practical approach to dealing with that, I think is is very needed and very helpful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much uh, for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. And I definitely do want to get into, um, you know, a lot of what you have in in your book and, you know, the two screen method. Um, But first would love to just kind of start off, um, you know, you weren't always a clinical psychologist. I don't think you started out in life to become a clinical psychologist. So I'd love to hear a little bit of kind of how you got into this. Being a therapist myself, a lot of people always ask like, oh, how did you decide this is what you wanted? to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. When I graduated uh, college in, in 93, 
I had this huge sense of relief. And I said to myself, oh my gosh, I'm never going to take another course as long as I live. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, and I had no idea that I had all of these years of schooling ahead of me, but mm-hmm. I just, I didn't really fit that academic mold at that time. I was just more interested in, um, business and building things and kind of being out there and not necessarily uh, in the classroom. And so Mm -hmm. I was in a business for uh, several years, Mm -hmm. um, brokering agricultural products and doing other things. Mm -hmm. And um, that went well. But after a while, because I'm I'm somebody that's pretty sensitive to meaning, like Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that my life is meaningful and I'm using my time wisely I just, um, I I lost kind of motivation just to go to the office every day. And it Mm -hmm. really uh, had me reevaluate just how I'm wired as a person, what I care about the most and Mm -hmm. and really explore what's a profession that lines up with both my head and heart. And and it was through that, that I decided I want to be a psychologist. I had to go to graduate school Mm -hmm. and and, and take on, on those challenges. But, but I also, and we could get into it. You know, I also had my own struggles Mm -hmm. growing up. My, like the, the method featured in the book and Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, my work, it's, it's, it's born out of uh, my clinical training, my experience with clients and my own personal history. Right. So it, mm-hmm. cause that, that piece is always important um, and can inform people's work. Yeah. And as you go through that process of, you know, figuring out where you do find meaning in your life, I'm curious if talk therapy was a part of that for you. It was actually. Yeah. yeah. Now I, where I really got into therapy was actually in graduate school yeah. when I was in my uh, clinical psychology program. Mm-hmm. And when I think of myself, uh, as a clinician and what has helped me be the best clinician possible, mm-hmm. I elevate my own personal therapy way above any yeah. of the training that I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously the training is critical as well, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to replace your own personal work and journey and transformation and the things that you had to overcome and face and mm-hmm. make those connections. It's really, it's invaluable. Yeah. It's, um, I get a lot of questions of like, what are your tips for going into grad school? And always my biggest one is like, don't forget to focus on your own work. Um, cause it is so valuable, not only to your own personal life, but also to the work that you'll then do with your own clients. Um, so yeah. thank you for touching on that. Yeah. All right. So before we continue, I just want to take a quick break here to share one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast with our listeners here. And I'm really curious how often you guys actually think about your socks, because if you're like me, it used to be like never. Um, but I recently discovered socks that have seriously changed the way I think about socks and they're called Bombas. So not only are they literally so incredibly, like probably the most comfortable socks in the history of feet, uh, but they're made from super soft natural cotton and every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe and a cushioned footbed that's comfy, but also like not too thick. The colors and patterns are seriously very, very cute. Um, one of my pairs is like a really light green and it's just like one of my favorite pairs of socks, not only because it's comfortable, but it looks really cute and it like fits my aesthetic, fits my vibe. 
vibe. Um, the socks are great for wearing at the gym and the office out on the town. They are literally what feet daydream about. I'm not even kidding. Um, and honestly, my favorite part about this company I did some research in this company and I just love everything that they stand for. Um, but they actually provide uh, a pair of Bomba socks to someone in need for every purchase that you make. And a whole part of how the company even got started in the first place was because they learned the socks was the number one thing that um, homeless people were requesting um, as, as a good that they needed. So uh, really love supporting this company and I'm super happy to have them as a sponsor on the podcast. So you guys should buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash tailor today and get 20% off of your first purchase. That's bombas.com. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash tailor for 20% off. Again, get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash tailor. And I hope you guys check them out. We all need socks. And so if you're going to get them, I hope you guys get them from Bombas because they're a good company to support and um, they also give back. So super happy to have them as a sponsor on the podcast. Um, But now we can kind of get on back to the show. So are you in part-time, full-time private practice? Yeah. So right now I do like part-time because I also manage doing the podcast and then partnerships on Instagram as well. So I kind of just try to balance the three of those. Um, I've Mm -hmm. just gotten back into it after kind of a two and a half, three-ish year break of, you know, pursuing other things in my life that I figured um, I had always done school just like very one track minded. I did my bachelor's in three years and went straight into my master's and then was like, all right, I'm going to be fully licensed by 25 and can start my practice and um, all of this. And and now I'm just turned 26 and I'm just working towards my hours. Okay. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, the life experiences that I've had during that time, I think were super critical. It's my own personal development and my own, um, kind of personal work. So it's, um, yeah. it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 But, um, I do think it's, it's interesting that as you go along this process and, you know, you're at the place where you're at now that, um, acknowledging doing your own work and how even coming up with something like this two screen process has been a benefit for you as well. Um, I'm curious Mm -hmm. kind of before we get into what it is and how to to do it and all of that, um, if, if you can share a little bit of kind of how it, how it came about. Yeah. So I specialize in anxiety disorders. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I see I treat all sorts of different um, kind of issues and symptoms and mm-hmm. work with individuals and adults. But one one area of specialty is anxiety disorders. And mm-hmm. and that's something that even personally I, I can relate to. In my early 20s, yeah. um, I went through a period uh, where I was really wrestling with anxious thoughts and and anxious episodes. And and it was really a very, very difficult time. And so that's mm-hmm. always in the backdrop. And that's part of what fuels my passion to help people break free from patterns of worry and anxious feelings. I just know how torturous that can be. And I'm also yeah. aware that we have so many tools and strategies that mm-hmm. can can help people break free of that very painful pattern. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely a freedom junkie. And mm-hmm. 
And when people come to see me and they're anxious warriors and they struggle with anxiety, I, I'm passionate and very motivated to, to help them, uh, you know, break free as, as soon as possible and as effectively yeah. as possible. So that's always been in the forefront of my mind. And one of the things that I, that I ran into early on in my uh, clinical work is what I refer to as the translation problem, which is if, if you're sitting on my couch and you're in an anxious state, if I were to say to you, okay, what I want you to do is just accept the anxious feeling, don't fight it, but don't dwell on it either, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I know if, if you take my words and apply what I have in my mind, right, which is essentially this is a mindfulness approach to anxiety. I know that if, if you apply the words in the way that I'm thinking them, that that anxious feeling will begin to dissipate and, and you will feel better. The translation problem occurs, though, in the fact that you're alone in your internal world. We, we are alone on the inside. There's nobody in there saying, hey, turn left here, turn right here. Mm -hmm. This is what acceptance means. Like, how are we supposed to know what even that word means in terms of a mental or emotional step, yeah. right? It, there's a breakdown there. And so I was very aware of, oh my gosh, there's all these things that can help people. And I know eventually it'll get traction and mm -hmm. they'll understand how to apply it. But I wanted them to connect with with that helpful strategy and tool as early as possible. And and I didn't think the, the translation problem was a good excuse for you know the, mm -hmm. the sort of the ongoing suffering that you know that they, they were going through. So yeah. I wanted to find a way to bypass that translation problem. And then mm -hmm. uh, what emerged out of my clinical work is a visual-based model where we, we get away from using language and instead we deal with an image, a very intuitive image that we both have in our mind. And then, and then basically you can relate to thoughts and feelings visually and spatially. And, hmm. and we can get into the model, but it's, it's an image of two screens. And so you apply these helpful strategies and tools by relating to this image as directed. And then we bypass that breakdown, that translation problem. That was a very long winded uh, answer, by the way, to your question. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I love when I ask a question and people can just run with it. <laughs> um, yeah. And so then was this something that as you were dealing with your anxiety kind of in your early twenties, it sounded like, um, that you were able to kind of start applying to yourself and, and starting to realize how this process could, could come about to help with your own anxiety? So I wish <laughs> yeah. I had had the two-screen method. I wish I had read a book that said, mm -hmm. hey, this is what's going on in your internal world. This is how you relate to anxious thoughts and feelings to make them less powerful inside mm -hmm. you. I, so this is the model I wish I would have had. I yeah. had to bump into walls and struggle and, and, and stumble. And what I eventually found was a mindfulness-based approach hmm. and the power of radical acceptance and, and not fighting these internal threats, which is very counterintuitive. It's mm -hmm. not natural, yeah. right? We're, 
we're designed to neutralize threats. And that's what an anxious thought or feeling is. It feels like something important to us is at risk or in mm-hmm. jeopardy or, or it's that physical, mental, emotional, physical experience of, of being under threat. And it's unnatural not to do something in that mm-hmm. state to try to push it away or run from it or, yeah. or, or hyper-focus on it. So, but when I discovered the principle of acceptance and, and, and that that truly was an antidote to anxiety and it took me a while both to discover it and really learn how to apply it mm-hmm. in these states. But once I did, that's when I really began uh, to break free. And then I was like, okay, I want to help people apply this yeah. approach more effectively and more quickly so they don't mm-hmm. have to stumble around in the dark like I did. Yeah. And it, it is it is a very strange thing to think about. I mean, having those anxieties and those fears, in a way, they're kind of these walls to protect us against things that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to face or we sometimes feel like we don't know how to face. Um, and I think even just the notion of, you know, allowing yourself to, to feel your feelings, which I say all the time. Um, and even doing that requires this certain level of acceptance that, that this is what you're experiencing. It, it feels like such an uncomfortable, dangerous place to be. Um, yeah, it's so yeah. unnatural, but so necessary. And I'm saying to my clients all the time in those anxious places, say to yourself, I'm willing to have this experience. I'm willing to have these mm-hmm. feelings. That doesn't mean that you like them, that you endorse them, yeah. right? Of, of course, life would be easier without them, but taking the fight out of it because mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings, like everything else on the planet, they need energy to keep going. Yeah. And it's that reactivity that it's a primary energy source. So mm-hmm. it, it actually keeps it going. Where, where people struggle in, in this area is applying the acceptance, which is unnatural, mm-hmm. okay? but then also knowing where to go with their mind, Yeah, right? They, they don't know what to focus on even when they're applying uh, the, the, the principle of acceptance. And mm-hmm. the, the two screen method is, is a user friendly application of, of mindfulness that addresses those, those two issues. Mm-hmm. Um, both I'm getting a, a little message here about, uh, internet connection. Oh. Anyway. Um, so yeah, sometimes technology it, doesn't like to work when I do these. <laughs> that's right. But we move into acceptance, don't we? Yes. We don't dwell on it. We don't fight it. We just sort of let go. Yes. All right. So before we continue, I just want to take a quick break to share uh, one of our sponsors for the podcast that helps make this podcast possible. um, And that is ARC. So honestly, I mean, I brush my teeth twice a day. I even floss every night. Maybe you guys do sometimes. (laughs) But did you know that there's actually another level of oral care? And with ARC, you can help remove stains that lie beneath the surface of your smile. So it's a new way to achieve professional level teeth whitening at home for just 30 minutes a day. Each ARC treatment includes dentist approved enamel safe whitening strips that adhere to your upper and lower teeth along with ARC blue light technology. 
The blue light mouthpiece arcs around your entire smile, delivering targeted blue light energy to help weaken sudden stains below the enamel surface, making your treatment more effective than just strips alone. Arc can help you reveal a smile that's 50 times whiter than a leading whitening toothpaste, and they offer satisfaction guaranteed. And to help our listeners get a whiter, brighter smile, Arc is offering $15 off your purchase of a blue light kit when you visit arcsmile.com and use promo code TALK at checkout. Go to arcsmile.com and use promo code TALK for $15 off your blue light whitening kit. That's arcsmile.com with promo code TALK. And I hope you guys enjoy. And now we can get back to the show. So, um, yeah. So, like with the two-screen method, it addresses both of those. It, it, it guides you through the mental and emotional steps that uh, diffuse anxious thoughts and feelings while giving you anchors or tethers for your attention mm-hmm. so that you don't sit there and, and run that worry through your mind over and over again, which is another way yeah. that it gets energy. Yeah, those those ruminating thoughts and it does it takes so much more energy actually to like fight those feelings and to try to kind of push those away or or avoid them. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm curious kind of, you know, as we talk about all this, I'm I'm reminded and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book. Um it's called The Untethered Soul. Have you heard about oh, it? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's almost reminding yeah, it's almost reminded me of kind of this, you know, you are the observer of your thoughts um, and almost mm-hmm. kind of taking that kind of uh, mindset to looking at some of this stuff. And, and I've, I've mentioned that statement before on the pod and in some other podcast interviews as well. And it, it was such a, a difficult concept to wrap your head around, you know, to separate mm-hmm. yourself from these thoughts. And I think almost even... Uh, I think we should definitely explain the two screen methods. People know what we're talking about. But um, in that way where you are kind of turning towards and accepting and looking at this thing, it is almost that concept of um, you are the observer of your thoughts. That is such a good point. And things really change when people have that realization that that thoughts and feelings um, are a part of us, but mm-hmm. they don't define us. And yeah. There is a part of self that can sit back mm-hmm. and and watch that thought coming into awareness and and this feeling showing showing up inside us where we can have a posture of curiosity like wow isn't that interesting yeah. that anxious feeling showing <laughs> up or wow that's kind of a weird thought like as it's floating by like we yeah. have a tendency to over identify mm-hmm. with the thoughts that just come into our mind sometimes involuntarily or these feelings mm-hmm. that show up inside us as if they speak to our identity when really they, they're they not always that meaningful and, and we don't have to over-identify with them. Yeah. And a lot of what mindfulness or a byproduct of mindfulness training is to create more separation between mm-hmm. that internal observer and all of this activity that mm-hmm. can show up on the inside, that there's a little bit more space in there so that we don't fuse yeah. or over-identify with, especially the potentially problematic thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. showing up inside us. 
Yeah. And oftentimes those prob- problematic ones are the ones that we fixate on the most, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, That's but- right. We're not fusing with all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, um, we really attach to those kind of fear-based, um, worrisome thoughts. And I, I think it's interesting because as, as we even talk about acceptance, um, that when you do become aware of this, of this internal observer, observer that you have that, that does almost give you this the sense of, of freedom that that yes. you talked about. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It gives you more um, psychological freedom and flexibility mm-hmm. in how to relate to that challenging thought or feeling, where yeah. to go with your attention, what choice, rather than just kind of fusing, let's say, with that anxious feeling, and mm-hmm. then it's in charge, it's dictating and just whipping you around. Yep, yep. Another kind of um, little like metaphor I I like to use when when talking about some of our emotions like this is um, making sure that you're in the driver's seat and not letting your Mm -hmm. emotions come up and, you know, take over and start driving the car and shoving you in the backseat to become aware that like I'm the driver in this in, in my brain, you know, I'm the driver and yeah, I notice back there. I hear you. I hear you back there. You're really anxious about this interview. Like I hear it. <laughs> I love that because I also like the idea of some unwelcome passengers yes. that we have at mm-hmm. times. Like there, there are a few passengers that get in the car that, okay, we, we kind of wish they, they weren't in the car, yeah. but we allow them to take the ride, but they're in the back seat, yeah. right? We're we're driving the car. So, you know, maybe we look back and say, hi, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you're here, yep. uh, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm driving and, yes. and I'm not going to fight your presence because mm-hmm. that, that will give it, give it more power. So yeah, we yeah. do definitely have some unwelcome passengers. Mm-hmm. The question is, and, and this relates to, to the, this topic, which is, there are the thoughts and feelings that show up inside us. And then there is our relationship mm-hmm. to the thoughts and feelings that show up inside us. And, and most people don't really think too much about us having a relationship mm-hmm. with thoughts and feelings, but we do. We, there's, there's choices in how we respond and how we react to the thoughts that come into our mind and the feelings that show up inside us. And ideally, we want to strike a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. problematic thoughts and feelings where they will have less power and presence in our life. And really, and this is where mindfulness comes in and yeah. why mindfulness is so big in psychology mm-hmm. right now is the principles of mindfulness are helping direct people towards a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with these problematic thoughts and feelings that can show up inside us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And even when you are applying those mindfulness techniques to those thoughts and feelings, it it kind of includes all those things that we did just talk about too, that acceptance, that internal observer, that freedom. Mm -hmm. It it really just kind of bundles all of that in. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so it's time for a quick break. I want to share a new sponsor of the podcast that I'm really excited about. I received my piece um, earlier this week and I'm obsessed with it. Um, so I don't know if you guys have ever purchased jewelry and then got like a green ring around your finger from like something that you spent way too much money on. Um, but that is kind of actually what sparked uh, Orate from being created by two friends. Um, it sparked up a conversation and how they were fed up with the, the traditional jewelry market. And now they produce uh, ethically made jewelry made in New York City that helps empower women with the best jewelry options without sacrificing style. Um, One of my favorite pieces about uh, this jewelry company is that for every piece sold, a child in need receives a book to help further their education. Um, So it's really, they're doing good things here and uh, they sell directly to you without any like middleman markup. So they can offer you the same quality as a traditional Fifth Avenue brand at a fraction of the cost. Um, I received my necklace. It's the infinity bar necklace and it's so freaking cute. It's like, it's simple. It's classic. I absolutely love it. Um, I really encourage you guys to check them out. You can get 15% off your first Orate purchase. Go to oratenewyork.com slash Taylor and use promo code Taylor. Again, that's A U. R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash Taylor and use promo code Taylor and get 15% off your first order. And I highly recommend the Infinity Bar Necklace. It is my favorite and I've got so many compliments on it and it goes literally perfectly with like every outfit that I wear. Um, So make sure to check that out and I'm excited to have them as a sponsor on the pod. So hope you guys enjoy them and we can get back to the show. I would love um, for you to kind of tell tell our listeners here a little bit more um, about how the two-screen method works and kind of what it is. Yeah, so the two-screen method, which is uh, featured in my book, Freedom from Anxious Thoughts and Feelings, what you do is you imagine your internal world, mm-hmm. right? So all the different thoughts and feelings that show up inside you as a media room with two screens. There's a front screen and there's a side screen. So on the forward facing wall on the front screen is where we experience the present moment and the more life-giving and positive thoughts, feelings, Mm -hmm. images, uh, meaning. It's all of that internal activity that translates into a sense of, of well-being, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that doesn't mean that life is perfect, right? It, but mm-hmm. it's that sense of, yeah, I'm in a pretty good, I'm in a pretty good space. Today's a, 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 a living a good day and mm-hmm. yeah, not, nothing's perfect, but I'm feeling connected and aligned with uh, kind of the best version of myself. That's all the front screen. And you're on my front screen right now that because mm-hmm. present moment talking about something that's meaningful uh, yeah. to me. Right. And so we're all naturally trying to log time on the front screen, but the challenge mm-hmm. is off to the right, still inside our head is a side screen in this media room. And that is where the threats, fears, insecurities, anxious feelings, potentially destructive moods mm-hmm. show up. So, with the two screen method, it shows you how to relate to the content showing up on the side screen in a way where it will fade into the background, where those 
problematic thoughts and feelings will, will dissipate while also giving you anchors or tethers to stay more on the front screen in your, in your daily life, uh, especially when you're feeling the pull to hang out on the side screen. And, and usually, um, it's best if we just kind of walk through an illustration and actually yeah. how you would apply it. Totally. Would that be okay? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Let's give like a real life example here. Okay. So let's say you uh, walk away from a really awkward social interaction. Okay. A first date. Trying to stay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Most people can relate right to a little bit of social anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, so, you're walking away from this awkward social interaction and that side screen uh, lights up and your internal eyes reflexively swivel over to take a look and scrolling across the screen is, oh gosh, that was such a stupid thing to say, mm -hmm. right? And what we tend to do is hang out on that side screen, which is the equivalent of going away in our mind, and we start reviewing the social tapes, okay? Like what yeah. I said, what they said, the facial expressions, mm -hmm. right? We're just kind of unpacking it okay, mm -hmm. in, in our mind. And as we sit there and sort through those worries and insecure feelings on the side screen, we're in danger of energizing and emboldening that side screen because those thoughts and feelings are feeding off the spotlight of attention and our reactivity, right? If we're not careful, that side screen is going to turn into an IMAX theater with Dolby surround sound, and then we can't yeah. rotate back to the front screen. And mm -hmm. that is often what people refer to as rumination or stuck yeah. in, in a worry loop. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the, the way that you would apply the two screen method here, you know, and I, and I would like to say here that what shows up on the side screen is involuntary. Okay? You can't control it from lighting up and from that worry coming into your mind or that insecure feeling, right? So you're walking away from the social interaction, the side screen lights up, there's that reflexive swivel of your internal eyes. So no free will has been exercised yeah. yet. It's like okay. a baby scene, like a phone screen light up. You're just, whoa, what's that? Yeah, you're just like, whoa, what's yeah. that, right? Mm -hmm. And then human instinct kicks in because this is a threat and we want to analyze and neutralize mm -hmm. threats, okay? But with the two-screen method, you, you get better at catching yourself right away, hanging out on that side screen and applying the first step, which is accept and redirect. You redirect back to the front screen while allowing the anxious tape to play in your peripheral vision. It's almost like having an anxious heckler. Like I'm, I'm doing an interview with her, with you, and there's a person standing to my right over here, sort of hurling insults at me and poking yeah. me and right. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, right? It, it, there, it's distracting, mm -hmm. but I say to myself, I accept this current experience, okay? And I'm going to choose life with my attention here. I'm going out of wisdom and, and knowledge that anxious thoughts and feelings feed off the spotlight of attention and resistance. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lean forward on the front screen and not fight sort of the content and the anxious, insecure heat that's coming off the side screen. And when my internal eyes 
sort of go back to that side screen, which they will, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. I keep gently redirecting back to the front screen. And so then the second step of the two screen method is using one or more of the, the front, sc- front screen anchors. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a chapter in the book on each anchor. Yeah. Right. And and one of them, I feel like you just almost kind of talked about, just even that having that mindfulness layer there. Um, but I like that you even said gently coming back to the front screen because I think mm-hmm. so often when we do become aware of those things that are coming up on the side screen that then even more judgment and even more shame can start to come up and we start to beat ourselves up for even thinking those thoughts. And then that almost becomes like a, a third screen over here totally. of, yes. of even more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, that's so true. Yeah. you. So yeah, you're being very careful not to exercise judgment and, and gently redirecting over and over again, back to the front screen. And, mm-hmm. and really that what you're leveraging there is neuroplasticity. You're yeah. laying down new neuronal pathways in that redirection mm-hmm. process. I haven't and, heard that word in a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bringing me back to yeah. school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so it, there's a muscle set in mm-hmm. there that you, that one is needing to exercise because there, there's a pull on our mind to hang out with the worries Mm-hmm. on that side screen to resolve them in some way to restore a sense of security. And then we want to go back to living life, but that's the trap yeah. where, where the true freedom is, is moving forward with your life and attention. Even when you feel under threat, even mm-hmm. when that side screen is kicking off some anxious heat and some insecurity and, and there, there's some unwelcome thoughts scrolling across the screen. Okay. And, but it's not a one-stop shop. You have to keep gently redirecting back to the front screen. And yes, using mindfulness skills to lean into the present moment, uh, sometimes engaging just in a healthy distraction or activity, mm-hmm. something that's sticky for your attention. Or the third anchor, one of my personal favorites, is engaging in a, a loving action where mm-hmm. you, you take this nervous energy from the side screen and you use it as tailwind to express the best version of yourself. So it becomes a reminder to send an encouraging text, engage in an act of kindness, think or pray for somebody, you know, is going through a difficult time, right? So that you create a new association. It becomes like an internal reminder that side screen activation Hmm. to do one of these items on a, on a menu that express the very, that reflect the very best parts of, you know, of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And could you maybe just um, expand on some examples as to what like a healthy distraction would be? Scrolling through social media would not be one of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it. that's preferable to hanging out and feeding uh, anxious thoughts and feelings on the side screen, but not ideal, mm-hmm. right? So typically, and in, in the book, I break down healthy distractions around uh, physical exercise, pleasurable activities, what I call 
enlivening activities. And mm-hmm. under that would be doing something that's creative or adventurous or mm-hmm. uh, challenging, right? So the, the primary goal is to keep the spotlight of attention off that side screen. Mm-hmm. Right? So that, because that is a major energy source for, for the worries and, and for those feelings um, showing up on the side screen. But it's always good be, to do something that's going to move your life forward in a positive way. So, mm-hmm. you, um, so not only keeping your eyes off that side screen, but okay, let's take that energy out for a jog or mm-hmm. a yoga class or why not let that be a reminder to practice some chords on the guitar or the piano or yeah. to do something that's soothing. Take take a bath with some you know nice music in, in the background or mm-hmm. call that friend that you've been wanting to talk to and, and don't focus on the worry but connecting with them. So... Yeah. So it, it really could be anything, um, mm-hmm. and I get into more details in, in the book, but yeah. but something ideally that moves your life forward. Yeah, and, and one thing I like about kind of your explanation, both with the healthy distractions and the loving actions, is that both of those are actually like positive coping skills, healthy coping skills to have when, when mm-hmm. dealing with things. And I think a lot of people struggle with a identifying even how they cope with life and and the struggles that come up um and b don't even really know what those healthy coping skills can look like um so i appreciate yes. that you break those things down i'm a big believer in people getting clarity on what is the best version of who they are mm-hmm. and and, and trying to even break that down into concrete action steps that they can review when they're struggling emotionally or when they feel worried and then acting on one of those behaviors that reflects the best parts of who they are. It's very satisfying to express a good part of self when you're feeling anxious, it's mm-hmm. almost like it didn't beat me, right? Like yeah. it didn't stop me from being who I can be. And mm-hmm. then it also tells the threat center of the brain that's responsible for that anxious signal that there is no threat because if you're placing your concern on someone else, if you're doing something that's incompatible mm-hmm. with being under genuine threat, it's like, oh, okay, I'll turn down the dial. Maybe, maybe the house is not on fire. So yeah. it, there's a lot of things that happen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious if you can kind of walk through this thought with me. Um, initially, when we talk about what comes up on the side screen, it's kind of that unpacking that you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious, as someone who is very analytical and does really like to unpack a lot of things um, and, and analyze them and try to become aware of, you know, of even taking, say, that social interaction of trying to look at all those different dynamics and learning from them and kind of trying to figure out my blind spots and whatnot. Is there a space for doing that in a healthy way from the side screen that isn't um, kind of just a acceptance of this anxiety and coping moving forward? Right. We're therapists, right? We're all about... (laughs) 
analyzing <laughs> feelings and experiences. Yeah. And, and there's so much amazing growth that comes out of that, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, we would not want to throw that away. Thank you for raising uh, the, this issue. The two-screen method is for those people and those kind of repetitive patterns kind of recycled worries and Hmm. moods that have that offer no value in life to the person right so so we're not talking about all hard feelings because Mm -hmm. we need to listen to our feelings our feelings are important but if we know that that a lot every time we socialize or the vast majority of the time there's a reviewer that kicks in when mm-hmm. we leave the cocktail party or the date or whatever that we that we tend to lose sleep and spoil our day because we review in our minds the, the social uh, exchanges and interactions and there's a clear pattern mm-hmm. then we apply the two screen method right so mm-hmm. so it's it, it's for those issues where there is a clear history and pattern Hmm. that and it's clear that it offers no value to to the person right and there's even though it may feel like there's something to analyze in the moment really you're just going to be doing uh, worry yeah. in, in disguise mm-hmm. right so yeah but but there's a lot of things like even grief i would say that's more on the front screen like grief is painful and hard but it also has meaning and is life-giving. So yeah. this is not a, hey, don't feel hard thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. No, this is, hey, for those things in your life, let's say those um, those urges that feed an addictive pattern yeah. or those recycled worries or those depressed moods after you look at social media and you're getting caught up in the comparison thing, mm-hmm. like those things that you know happen to you and you yeah. just want to de-energize um, that internal activity. That's when you apply the two-screen method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm I'm hoping could you share a little bit more about this social media piece as someone who you know does a lot of work in that area and interacts on there a lot um, of how in kind of your work you've discussed how social media plays a part in all of this. I know the comparison game is just, I talk about this all the time and it's very, very unhealthy and not good for us. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, social media is not all bad, obviously. There's some Mm -hmm. really good, good aspects to it. I get to share stuff like this on there. (laughs) Exactly. No, I mean, and it, and it's really expanded people's relationship networks. And Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's a lot of pros to social media I think it's helpful to have boundaries around it. I think yes. people can be too plugged into social media. And for some people, it's an anxious or depressive trigger mm-hmm. because they're they're seeing other people live these amazing lives and having these amazing experiences. And then they're comparing it to their current uh, state maybe alone yeah. in the apartment, wishing that they had a date or somebody, mm-hmm. a friend they could hang out with. Yeah. Okay? And and then they fall back on a certain narrative, which which mm-hmm. feeds a depressed mood, or yeah. they feel like they're they're missing out. Now, usually though, for those folks, 
there's other things in life that could trigger it. So it's not just social mm-hmm. media. It's just social media is such a rich, yeah. all present trigger for that, mm-hmm. um, that, that it activates a historical narrative inside them about why don't I get to live the life that other people are living? Yeah. And I feel like it almost comes up in literally like the blink of an eye. It comes up almost unconsciously that all these thoughts start going, but you're so just zoomed into it that part of Mm -hmm. you is almost not even aware that this other thing is that that you haven't even looked at the side screen yet, but it is just growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you just realize you have these feelings. And then when you step away, the side screen is like, you're like, oh, that's all of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, I always encourage people to create a profile for their side screen and, and you can have different flavors of side screens. Let's mm-hmm. say there, there's a side screen that can get activated around social media and it's helpful to write out, okay, what are the thoughts that tend to come into my mind? What, how would I describe the feeling and where do I mm-hmm. feel it in my body? So you get a really good profile of it and and then get better and better at noticing when it shows up, yeah. right? Because it's always easier to deal with that side screen if you catch it early, mm-hmm. right? Before it's turned into the IMAX theater. Yeah. Yeah. Because once it's that IMAX, it's, it's a little tough to deal with. <laughs> It is very hard to redirect. Sometimes you need to thaw out first and do Mm -hmm. some grounding or breathing just to turn down the dials. Yeah. And one thing that I've been wanting us to kind of touch on before we wrap up, um, which you kind of started to get into with um, talking about some of the anchors with the healthy distractions and the loving action, but um, of how people can then kind of use their anxiety in a, in a positive way and how that can mm-hmm. be kind of a, a tool to use as opposed to one that is, you know, holding you back and holding you down. Yeah. So anxiety is energy, mm-hmm. right? Now it's an unwelcome form of energy. I mean, let's all be clear, Yep. <laughs> but it, it is energy that, that shows up. So the question is, what are we going to do with that energy? And we, we have the ability to use that energy as an internal reminder and uh, as tailwind to kind of express the best parts of, of who we are, right? So there's no rule against that. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing to say that when I feel anxious, that's a reminder. And a lot of this is homework ahead of time because mm-hmm. it's harder to think in the moment. So in the book, I, there's certain exercises that I walk people through so they're prepared yeah. and they're ready to implement the strategy when they're feeling overwhelmed. But, but the, the, the concept is you create a new stimulus response pattern. Right. So the stimulus is side screen activation, the anxious thought or feeling. The old response is going away in your head and worrying or avoiding things, kind of turning inward. Okay. And what we're trying to do is create a new stimulus response pattern where in the face of the side screen activation, we start introducing a new response, which is a, a some sort of 
action that moves our life forward or some sort mm-hmm. of action that represents the best part of who we are. Like I worked with a, with a woman that had flying anxiety yeah. and, and she, um, one of, one of many great traits that she had or has is, is being an encourager. Like, mm. and that part would go away when she felt anxious. So when she, arrived at, at LAX, she was determined to be an encourager, even yeah. though she was feeling anxious about the upcoming flight. And so she, you know, she'd walk by somebody and, and say, I love your dress. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, she would, you know, thank the security person for being so patient. Like, so she wouldn't fabricate it. She was someone that really yeah. saw kind of what people were doing in life and, and was determined to focus on being an encourager. She kind of left this wake of positivity mm-hmm. and, and encouragement behind her as she was winding through, you know, LAX and she felt good about that. So it's just, yeah. again, but there was some nervous energy in the background, but mm-hmm. she was just channeling it in a different direction. Yeah. That's, that's such a good example. Um, part of me was going to ask like of a specific example for how people can do that. And that's a, that's a great one. Um, Especially the fact that travel anxiety, I think, is something a lot of people can relate to. <laughs> yes. Um, definitely one I can relate to at times, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's. I think it's now I'm like, yeah, I should use this with some of my clients um, to deal with some of their anxiety and whatnot. Um, I think it puts mm-hmm. it into such, like, logical, easy-to-understand steps that have like, mm-hmm. you know, outcome, tangible outcomes to see. Um, yes. and it does also kind of encompass a lot of the work that I would already be doing. Um, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. Cause, yeah, cause it, it gives people something to do and, mm-hmm. and a model, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, when, when we're in that anxious state, we don't have as much sort of access to the left hemisphere and okay, what did we talk about on the couch? And what, what mm-hmm. did I read? What am I, right? It's like, they need to have something concrete, yeah. right? That they can move towards and, and apply mm-hmm. in that state. So even just, you know, okay, so I use this image. I need to stay off the side screen. Okay. I, I I've got these tools. I'm going to lean forward with my attention and then I could do one of these four different activities, mm-hmm. right? So you, we kind of shrink it down yeah. and, and, and give them some really easy, accessible things to do. And as that empowerment grows mm-hmm. um, in anxious states, you know? Yeah. And if, if people want to do kind of some more research and learn a little bit more about the work that you're doing, um, why don't you tell people kind of where they can find you? Yeah. So my website's a good place to go. That's mm-hmm. uh, drsymington.com, yeah. uh, D-R-S-Y-M-I-N-G-T-O-N. And then of course my book is on Amazon and yeah. every, everywhere else uh, books are sold. So those would be yeah. good, good places to go. Awesome. And I think this is also yeah. something like when someone reads the book and maybe even watches some of the videos on your website and whatnot too, that they can kind of work through and walk through themselves as well and not necessarily needing to be, I mean, certainly I think being in talk therapy would definitely assist with doing this kind of yeah. work, but, um, would you say that, 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 that's true that people can kind of, um, walk through this on their own too? Yes. I would say some people could, could read the book and that would give them 
what they needed to mm-hmm. really worry less and, and feel less anxious. I think it, it's also something that a person could fold into their own therapy, regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of therapy it is. Because really, at the end of the day, what we're talking about is just a simple way of de-energizing problematic thoughts and feelings. And it's mm-hmm. a skill we all need to master, whether we're in therapy, out of therapy. But yeah, it just, uh, in answer to your question, it depends on what level the anxiety yeah, definitely. is at, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some people just need, hey, give me the guidebook. I, I just don't <laughs> know what to do, Yeah, right? And then they're good to go. And then for others, as you know, it, it's it's more complicated. Mm-hmm. There's other issues that, that need to be addressed as well. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm really happy that you've shared everything that you have with us today and that we were able to get connected. And um, I know that listeners will definitely take a lot away from this. So thank you so much for for sharing and and giving your time to this today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for being interested in it and for everything that you do and, and how you're helping people. Thank you. So kind. Thank you guys so much for making it through this episode. I really hope that you guys take away some stuff from Dr. Simonton's um, book and from the two screen method. I think it's something um, super applicable and that I'm definitely going to try out with some of my clients and even myself. Um, so I hope this has been helpful and I hope you guys really uh, take some awesome stuff away from this. And I would love if you guys have a minute after listening to this episode to head on over to iTunes and leave a uh, just a rating star review or if you have you know an, a full minute then to maybe leave a review and kind of let me know what it is you're liking about the show it would be um, super appreciated to see you guys show your support there on iTunes and um, yeah I'm just super thankful to be able to do this kind of work and have these conversations and thought this was a super informative and Uh, just great episode today. So thank you guys for making it through and I hope you have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.